welcome to Everybody Loves Communism, the, the leftist theory in history podcast where we do the reading so you don't have to. My name is Jorge Rocha. I'm Jamie Peck. And in the flesh in New York City, I'm Aaron Thorpe from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh my God, Aaron. It's so nice to see you. It for, is nice to like, see you guys IRL. too. Yeah, IRL. Even though I saw you a couple weeks ago. That's, but still. that's okay. No, no, but I'm saying like, uh, it's not that, it's good to see you again, Jamie. Yeah, but uh, it's so nice soon. to see you again so soon. Exactly, that's what exactly. I'm saying. Exactly. Oh, well, yeah. are you having a good time in New York? Uh, I am. I've been here for two weeks. Uh, I'm leaving tomorrow. Uh, two weeks exactly tomorrow. And um, I had a great time, man. Uh, I think one of the things about, because I came here last year in August, and I'm from New York, born and raised, but uh, I haven't been here since uh, maybe like since last year. It's probably been like six, maybe years, maybe five or six years. And um, I don't know, one of my biggest impressions, I guess, and I kind of want to talk to you guys about this because uh, like, I mean, I know New York is like, you know, it's a blue state. And I know it's like, you know, it's pretty progressive, especially compared to where I live. But I never thought that I would see like legal weed i mean it's not that i didn't think i would see it but i couldn't imagine <laughs> walking into a fucking bodega and buying weed and um i mean i thought i was gonna smoke way more being here uh being here considering that fact but um i didn't but everywhere i mean all the rumors are true folks all the right wing uh, uh claims about the streets reek of pot it's absolutely true and it's lovely i knew you were gonna like that i fucking love it dude i um, knew you were gonna be like a Goddamn kid in a candy store. That's how it, I went to a disp- an actual, <laughs> actual fucking dispensary. New York has a, there's plenty of bodegas that sell weed, mm-hmm. but there's a, a one, there's four, three in New York City and one in uh, New York State upstate, four actual legal dispensaries. And uh, yeah, I felt like a kid in a candy store, man. It was awesome. Same. That was good. Same. I mean, good. It, I, I have gotten used to it somewhat because it's been a minute, but yeah. it still is, you know, Sometimes you just have to take a moment to savor the good things in life, and that is one of them. This is true. In this capitalist hell world. Well, not, the capitalist hell world, and also, like, so I want to ask you, I mean, I don't even, this is not even a question, I guess, but just some, some of you guys' like observations, because, um, Jorge, we were talking about this, right? Like, sort of the contradictions of, like, like New York now not even has legal weed, but apparently they got, like, free college, and, I mean, like, uh, organizing, leftist organizing. I think it's like three two years college. Or three two years college. Okay, two year college, right? Um, public university or public college. And I just think like all that's really tight. But then at the same time, when I like, there's more cops here than I've ever seen before. Like even when I lived here, when I went to the train station, there were two cops outside, two cops like when you go down at the landing of the stairs, two cops out, like right in front outside the turnstiles before you go in and then cops on the platform. And that shit is just such a strange contradiction because like I'm sure these motherfuckers wish they could beat up people smoking weed but now they just look the other way but they're also like now harassing people for jumping the fucking turnstile like literally beating people up and shit so I don't know y'all it's a it's a it's just weird man because like you were saying Hori this is truly some progressive shit going on but at the same time uh some uh, Judge Dredd shit man I mean we have a mayor who's a former police officer yeah, an old head. The and he's ta- he's literally, he's doing the opposite of what the defund people want to do. Yeah. He is defunding the library right. and yes. giving it to the police. That's that's like some, like Batman, uh, the mayor of Gotham, uh, like Batman villain type of shit, man. <laughs> you, know. you know what's crazy about the uh, funding, uh, defunding the library mm. that... Not even during the Great Depression <laughs> did they defund the library. Yo, that's like, that's a crazy. When you think about it like that, like during a time of like intense 
economic anxiety and you know what I'm saying? And just like, like the, actual crisis. Yeah. Actual economic crisis rather. And like, like the even the library out. stayed open. Yeah, exactly. The library stayed open. Like you could even be like, all right, well, you know, uh, I can't afford my rent and, you know, I got, I'm cold. Maybe I could just go to the library and sit down, you know? Right. Well, yeah. I'm sure someday soon we'll get like, library presented by amazon and that'll be like a sweet sweet deal that you know mayor yang or whoever's the mayor at that point has with uh jeff bezos and then for you know a small monthly subscription fee you can still go to the library and do all the things that you used to be able to do for free i have heard uh i've definitely seen the argument both in print and in video by people claiming no the library should no, no, no. It's not the most efficient allocation of resources and it's not the biggest driver of wealth creation. This should just be like a, you rent books in person. Well, dude, there's in Atlanta. So I was telling, it was, uh, as you guys are saying this, I'm thinking um, they got crazy backlash for it. But uh, there was a uh, private, um, I guess like a company. I don't know. I guess, I mean, they had to be a company, right? But uh, in Decatur, in Georgia, um, they essentially opened up like, a private library, right? Like it was supposed to be like a public space where you could like, you know, get Wi-Fi and, you know, be on your laptop and shit like that. But they also like provided like books, but it was like, I think a subscription service. So I'm nah, kind of speaking out my ass here, but it was this subscription service private, like as an alternative to a library. And I think they immediately just kind of pulled out. Cause like people were like, what the fuck are you doing? This is like demonic. You know what I mean? Right. I knew I didn't just make that up. Yeah, you didn't. No, you didn't make it up. As you were saying, I was thinking like, I remember movement. this. Like they're <laughs> embedded. De- like even if I hadn't probably read about it at some point somewhere, like there's nothing that these people have not, you know, claimed to have invented and are charging people money for. Absolutely. We need to expand the information economy, Jamie. Yeah, like, so we do, Jamie. Remember, remember when? Oh God, I forget. It was a Google. I don't remember who it was. They were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have this like large transit vehicle, and it's gonna make regular stops." This was Elon Musk on a route. Yeah, this sounds like the Hyperloop, right? Oh, this is yeah. Elon Musk. And people are like, "That is just the bus." Yeah, yeah. It's literally just the bus. We already have that. If you want to help that happen more, you can, you know, fucking give money to. The you can fund MTA yeah you can fund public transit right exactly and lobby to raise your own taxes but anyway why would I do that why would I not want to have complete control over this like a fiefdom yeah yeah which which is which is so interesting to me man because it's like like I don't know dude like I there's still again like as again as progressive as New York is there's still like you know you'll see the occasional op-ed or article about like somebody who lives in the Upper West Side and they're just like I mean like raving at the mouth bloodthirsty right over homelessness you know. And I mean, Eric Adams, once again, criminalizing homelessness, right? Like forcibly removing people from the subways, like kidnapping people from the fucking subways and institutionalizing them. Yeah, that's that's some dark shit. Did they go ahead with that law or did they get too much pushback where they were like, you know, if you find uh, if the cops find a homeless person in the subway, they can force them into "quote unquote" treatment. Mm-hmm. No, that already happened. It already or, happened, right? Wow. Yeah, that, I mean, I think part of it's just like within the executive authority of the mayor, but 
from my understanding, I don't know if it was a law or not, but I, I'm pretty sure they did move forward with that. It, it felt even not even law. It felt just like as easy as just like turning your head the other way because like the their, their infrastructure is already there for it, and I'm sure that's something that was already happening. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really have to pass a law that city council have to vote on. It's just like okay, yeah, we're just like furthering. Uh, this is the furtherance of the fucking police state. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's liberal fascism. Yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. That's what we. That's what we were Blue talking Maga. about the other night. Blue Maga, baby. Blue Maga, baby. And it's you know what? That's actually perfect, y'all. Because um, that's actually a perfect point, man. Because Eric Adams is like the perfect Democrat for the Democratic Party. You know what I'm saying? He's like tough on crime. He's also black. You know what I mean? So you can't fucking say shit about him. You know what I mean? And like, I'm still gonna say shit about. Yeah, him. of course you should, Jamie. You don't even have to get the pass for me. You fucking should. And I should say, yo, listen, man. Like, yo, you can criticize Eric Adams, right? Like, he is a neoliberal fascistic piece of shit, and he's a fucking cop. And also, too, like, you know, the insane thing about it is like, this is what the Democrats want, right? I mean, this is what we saw this in Joe Biden who crafted the 93 bill with fucking Strom Thurmond probably playing croquet with him and drinking fucking lemonade. You know what I mean? And then Kamala Harris, the top cop of the fucking land. And uh, yeah, this is like the this is this is like the perfect answer. I mean, look at what happened with Chester Bunin right, in San Francisco. You know what I'm saying? They were like, nah, we can't have somebody who's like soft on crime. You know? Oh, yeah. San Francisco. Big. It's uh Progressivism with Hitlerite characteristics. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. That's exactly what. It yeah, because like yeah. it's it just like was like decentralized kind of like mob of like no, we cannot allow for this person to just be allowing for these criminals to be run amok. And it wasn't yeah, and it wasn't even just it wasn't even just conservatives, right? It was like no. actually fucking like liberals, including like fucking like people in the leftist fucking media sphere, yo, like these fucking TYT. Like that's why I said what I said. It was yeah. like not it wasn't conservatives. Yeah. Like San Francisco doesn't have many conservatives exactly. the way we we can. Conceptualize them. Mm-hmm. This is okay. This is one of the things that gives me pause about quote unquote non reformist reforms, right? Because uh, they have been largely rolled back in terms of defund and the backlash has been horrible. They haven't really been put into practice. And um, yeah, there's just there's just no uh, there's just too many deeply diseased people is what yeah. I'm saying here. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think we're going to win against them legislatively. I think we just have to defeat them with force. I, and uh, I don't know. I've been reading this book on the George Floyd Rebellion by the Vortex Group, and it's really making a very good case for the fact that um, abolition as a practice. Uh, let's just say Chesapeake Boudin does not count as abolition. Yeah. What they did to the Minneapolis Third Precinct, that does count as abolition. Yeah. So maybe people going forward who want to get rid of the police uh, at the end of the day, uh, this 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 legislative route is a little circuitous. I, I agree with that. It tends to get hung up in all sorts of bullshit and you know editorials written by Barry Weiss's wife about... You know, how San Francisco is when overrun with crime. My and like, what if we could just, you know, defeat them? That, yo, I, I, yo, I like, so I mean, you're I saying that Chester Boudin, like be not so much, be like, be more like not this Boudin, but rather 
Chesapeake Boudin's parents. Indeed, yes. Oh, jeez. Yes. Well, yes. now, now, I didn't w- say that. W- 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 were, they, were they like Maoists? Were they? Pa- were they? Uh, they were the Weather Underground people. Yes, they the, were the Weather Underground people. The only building that they ever managed to abolish was their own, I believe. Well, well, still though, I we think d- we on this podcast uh-huh. are not suggesting anything by these statements. To be clear, <laughs> no, we we are not. But but Jamie, I think. Uh, well, I guess I'm endorsing Jamie's statement uh, because I agree. Right, like this legislative route is circuitous because it's depressing. Because all right, it's, it's, it's fucking one thing. depressing and I, it doesn't work. We'll, we'll talk about it more later, ma'am. Not too much probably because like tourism is fucking like you know national politics. But you know Biden. Um, we'll talk about it more. But e- even if it's like okay, like electoral politics, right? Like when it comes to like electing like judges and shit like that, it's like I don't know, man. I feel like you know these are people who at the end of the day are only moving within the constraints of the system. Right. So they're only able to do so much. You know what I mean? I mean, even if like what they want to do is like within the constraints, you're going to have opposition from like reactionaries, which include liberals too, you know, which so tiresome. Yeah. It's tiresome. It's tiresome, man. Why? It's time. But at the same time too, you know, I mean, like I know comrades who, I mean, I don't know, because again, progressive DA is like an oxymoron. You know what I mean? Look at wasn't it Larry Krasner in fucking Philly who uh, who did some? I mean, I don't know exactly, but uh, so don't take this with a grain of salt. But uh, not not entirely good, folks. I don't hate these people. I don't hate the defund campaign. Like some uh, of my tendency tend to use hyperbolic language, Mm. which I do not think is called for. Mm. Um, I do not think these people are like wreckers. Yeah. At least not consciously. I think they're good. Say that. I think they, <laughs> I think they mean well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a little bit. Shit, I think that's a little bit facile you know, and just, a little bit infantile to say the records. You know, personally. Yeah, but I think we can. You know, we can have some real comradely disagreements with yes. how we unfuck the world. Yes. Yeah. Indeed, I mean, indeed. frankly, and I think this goes into this next point that we have here mm-hmm. regarding uh, oh, the, the Met state, Gala. The, no, so right. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we'll get to it, but oh God, uh, we have so much good But content. basically, it's tied to this uh, the limitations of like uh, purely an electoral stance to any kind of politics, and particularly a communist one, uh, because which is really directly related to what you were just saying, Jamie. So there's some good news here, but mm. hold on, let's go into it. Mm. So the good news is that there was a thing added to the New York State budget called the Built Public Renewables Act, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't think is hyperbolic to say this. You know, this is from reading from NYC DSA's Eco-Socialist Working Group, which have been the main force behind, uh, but also other formations within DSA really pushing this campaign for the past four years, which is the idea is that there will now be a essentially pseudo close to it socialized building of uh, renewable energy within the state of New York hmm. and is included in, in the in, in this. And, you know, they say this, this text is the biggest Green New Deal win in U.S. history. I think it's important, you know, this is actually a good thing. It's a big win. However, of course, the big thing, the, the, there's a silver lining. This is the silver lining to the New York State Senate, but like the New York State budget. But what's the silver lining to? Well, the problem is that the budget as a whole is terrible. Hmm. It has includes bail, roll, bail rollbacks, it includes like no increases to corporate like, corporate taxes or to uh, really to the wealthy whatsoever. Mm. But has a lot of programs regarding austerity, cutting down on things, and but it includes this. And what is really fascinating about it is like it includes this thing that's a good thing, yeah. 
but you gotta you gotta roll back some of the bail stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so it's so interesting, man. It's nefarious. It's nefarious mm. as fuck, and it's also just like. I mean, sort of like, uh, I mean, I don't even know, like a, like a, like a lot of these things are overdetermined to be clear. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. like I want, I want to be very clear. Like this Not thing that got included was a very good thing, but like kind of what you're saying, Jamie, a lot of this is overdetermined. Yeah. It's one step forward and two steps back. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. The system cannot be reformed. No, nah, I mean, I mean, I think too, what we're seeing, um, and I think the, uh, you know, we've talked about this, uh, y'all, Jamie, you know, you and I, uh, both in Atlanta at the forest. And, um, I think these two things are interrelated. Um, you know, North, you know, both on the East coast, but North and South, uh, I think the only response that the state has with, you know, worsening material conditions, widening contradictions, the only response that they have is to just throw more money at the cops and give corporations more control and more power, you know, to dictate every aspect of your fucking life while the police are there to, I mean, police you, you know what I mean? And, uh, prevent like any sort of, um, even movement, uh, uh freedom of mobility, right? Um, so we're all going to be maybe in like uh, 25, 30 years in our little uh, uh, fiefdoms. New York is going to be a fief. It's going to have a wall around it, literally. You think and, you're going to uh, be alive by then? That's uh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I fucking hope not. Wait, what, by when? 25, like 25 30, 30 years. years. No, I'm kidding. I hope I am. Actually, I don't care. I hope the, I, would, I hope we're all still alive, yeah. guys. Jeez. Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I do. I do, too. Yeah, yeah, like, I do too. If we win, we will be, for sure. I believe we'll win. That's, see, that's that's the motivation for, uh, that's the motivation for staying alive. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. like I'm at the end of a DSA meeting. <laughs> I uh, do. I do. Well, sometimes I believe that we will win. But you know what Mike Davis said? I'm going to butcher the quote because I don't have it in front of me. No, it's fine. But he's like, you know, you can fight with hope. You can fight without hope. But you still got to fight. This is right. Right. But you know what the quote is including, right? It's saying it to fight like the soldiers at Stalingrad. Even if you have lost all hope. Sure. I'm just saying, shout out to the Soviet Union. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> got me. You got me good. Um, so, on a perhaps lighter note. Yes. Uh, did you guys see any of the coverage of the Met Gala? I wish I, I saw, saw one thing. I, I wish I saw coverage, aerial coverage from a drone that was about to, <laughs> that was about to, that was about to hit that shit. I fucking parody. hate that shit. Wasn't that Video also parody, parody, folks? Parody, folks. Parody. Wasn't it also? Uh, I, I don't want. I don't want to get. I don't want to get. Uh, I don't want to uh, distract you, Jamie. But just to just kind of like highlight how uh, a diseased, uh, how deeply, deeply diseased uh, this shit is. Wasn't it also like? Didn't it also overlap like two days or a day ago with the White House Correspondents' Dinner? Oh, I don't fucking know. Yeah, so there were two. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So there were, or like a week. Well, was it was in the same week. It was like last week. But it was right? in the same week, though. The same week of deranged. Uh, no, no, Matt Gallo was yesterday, Aaron. True, now, true, true. Now, I know, now, I know. Now everyone will know when we record it. I know. But, but I'm saying, I guess my point is saying that um, just two deeply, deeply uh, deranged things. But no, I didn't pay too much attention to Matt Gallo. Well, was, neither did I uh, until a friend of mine texted me and told me. Did you did you guys know the theme of the Met Gala this year was quote oh in honor of Carl? Yeah, Carl Lockenfeld. Carl Marx. Well, yeah, it was it's it Carl was a different K. Carl. But it's okay? a Carl with a K, though, right? But uh, it was in honor of Carl. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Carl Lockenfeld. They didn't specify, mm -hmm. and it was on fucking May Day. Okay, so I feel like 
the left, you know, but like the fact that no one, none of us pay attention to this shit. Like we really missed an opportunity here for like something. You know who else missed an opportunity? Uh, imagine if the right uh, were actually, uh, if they weren't fucking troglodytes and they had like two brain cells to rub together, they would be like, oh, this is like communist propaganda, you see. Like this is, <laughs> this is on May Day, you know, International Workers Day and it's an old taste fucking, uh, you know what I mean? Like a Carl, Karl Marx. Exactly. Uh-huh. With a K. Yeah, exactly. What's that about? Exactly. But apparently uh, we're, so we're, cool. we're no better at them with that because we didn't pick up on the shit either. Well, we need someone who's in charge of like paying attention to this shit and yeah. identifying opportunities for, you know, direct action or counter programming or something because that would have been pretty cool. Let me ask you a question, Jamie. That's actually no, no, no. Let me ask you a question. Wait, wait. I'm thinking of something. Um, you know, those you know, those kids that were throwing soup and shit. On uh, uh, yes. uh, that's I'm thinking of something like direct action. That's like you know, like a, they don't even get, a shot, get maybe. it on the art. Okay, that's the crazy <laughs> exactly. thing about this. Yeah, it's actually a good direct action. Here's my hot take. I think that was actually a good example of good direct action because of what you're saying, Jamie. Mm, I agree. What it didn't actually ruin the art. Oh well, uh, well I mean it would have been I better if like it did, but more importantly, I think I it got them talking. About that. It got that's them talking. It got them talking, and then other people people realize like, oh, these these. They actually occupy shit. Like they're they're not. They don't just go around throwing like paint. This is like for you to look up this fucking group. Well, you know what I'm saying? See what else they do. Would be a much more guilt free way to throw soup on something because it's not like super it's the, super people's family. It's not like it's a fucking Mona Lisa. Okay, yeah. you're th- you, they'd be throwing it on like some rich people's clothes that cost a lot of money. You don't think? But like it is not something that people necessarily. Um, respect Uh revere like i can see the value of having the mona lisa in the world i cannot necessarily like to the point where even i would like it would give me pause at the very least like oh god am i really going to destroy this like great work of art Mm. it's been around for hundreds of years like jared leto's cat suit but let me but maybe see, not so much. My thing my thing with my alternative take with the with the soup stuff is like uh with the paintings and stuff. I don't give a shit um really because it's not that these are great works of art that should be like cherished and shit. I think that's true sure, but so are all other great works of art and artifacts that have been stolen out of fucking Africa, you know what Banger. I'm saying, in Latin America. And like these are the motherfuckers who actually uh label these things as heritage, like heritage like uh, like uh artifacts of heritage, like the countries that went and stole all this shit from these other countries. So now they get to say, oh, you can't fucking destroy the Mona Lisa while, you know, there's like, I don't know. So uh, I don't give a shit. But at the same time, like... So what you're saying is that maybe... I don't know. Like, there could be maybe a fiction story we could write where theoretically (laughs) Theoretically. people could, like, give it back. But, like, just, you know, people take it upon themselves. Again, like, this is just, like, you know, kind of like... It could be like a new installment in Indiana Jones or something. We're making this up exactly. No, but also, too, I'm thinking... Are there stolen artifacts in the Met? Are there? Forgive my ignorance. No, I don't know. Yes. No, no, no. I don't know. Yes, if there, there, yes, I don't know if there are. Yes, there is. Okay. I was, like, so there are so many of them. I already, I, like, I already thought that if you go to this thing, you're not a good person. Yeah, but right. now I think that even more. And it's not even a fundraiser for like charity, for like AIDS no. or cancer. It is a fundraiser for the Met itself. Correct. Which is an institution Wait, so whose total net assets are uh, $3.7 billion, the last I checked. So, Jamie, so none of that money none of that money goes towards any foundations or charities or anything like that? No, it goes to the fucking Met. Oh, we it need is, to blow that shit up for real, a though. Fundraiser for I mean, in, in, in Minecraft, it is a fundraiser Minecraft. for itself. 
That's fucking insane, dog. That's disgusting. Oh my right. god, that made me so fucking mad just now, yo. For its cost, how much money again? Institute. How many billions? They have three point seven billion dollars, and it costs fifty thousand dollars to attend the Met Gala. Bro, do, do, do you do you want to know the 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 realty as to why they have that much money? Like how how what the political economy of that? Besides the, the theft, which they have not committed. Of, of, of course, expropriation, of it, course. But then also, it's like. So this is what happens. Because rich people love this kind of art. I swear if no, you tell me it's Nazi that. money, dog. No, I'm explain the political economy. Okay, okay, tell, okay, okay, tell okay, us. Ahead, give tell it us, to us. us. So give basically, us when, you, when you're when you someone that has so much wealth, like you're talking about hundreds of millions, billions of dollars, right? Mm. A good way to have an incredible tax write-off is say you buy a work of art, you have it, and you just put it in your closet. Why? Because that mean that increases the values because no one's looking at it. Yeah. It becomes more scarce. Yeah. And then when it's time for a tax write-off, what you do is you give it give the the work of art as a donation. Oh my fucking god. To a museum and whatever you agree upon that that's, that that's work of art is worth that's your tax write-off and that's that, that oh my so god mad. that's so fucking evil dog isn't that amazing isn't that amazing that sounds like a succession plot point <laughs> that sounds like, like they like eight. referenced that yeah but i mean this is kind of like the literal mechanics as to what's behind yeah this. i feel like there's another <sighs> show too that referenced it but like the painting was fake or something like that so there's like a kind of dilemma or contention about like okay this painting's not even real but anyway no see this is this is the kind of shit where like yo at the end of the day like you know, like, and we'll talk about the stuff with the strikes and stuff, too. Um, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but, like, um, a little bit later. But, like, these people don't do anything, right? Like, they just fucking sit there and have, like, these fucking, like, you know, commodities that appreciate value over time. They're just sitting on millions of dollars. And, like, half the time it's fucking stolen from somebody else. You know what I mean? Some other part of the fucking world, dude. Talk about an art heist. Jesus. Yo, that would be a good... Yo, as Jorge was saying, man. Yeah, Jorge. That's a... Yo... Dog, that would be a good ass movie, bro. You know, yeah, movie bro. in real life yeah, for sure, could, movie in a movie, movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, or, or movie, perhaps movie. a video game, or perhaps a video game. Okay, but I have Something to say, this is this is where dialectics come in. Yeah, yeah, because the one person that I just find it impossible to hate for going to the Met Gala is Lil Nas X. Oh, I mean, I because mean, I hate Lil Nas X. he just slays so hard. Every single time he was, I want you to look up a picture of him right now. Yeah, I'm about to. I'll talk to you. Look at that. Let me see. He was like a silver bedazzled kitty cat oh my God. kind of creature. He's so like, fucking gay. I love it. He was wearing only body paint, uh, Yo, rhinestones, and a thong. We're looking at a computer now. And when journalists would ask oh, him. Oh, shit. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Yo, that's yeah. so Afrofuturistic type of shit, dog. I know. And when journalists would ask him questions, they'd like go up to him and ask him questions. He would just go, meow. So, so can I, can I, can I actually, <laughs> can I, can I actually. just answering them in meows. And I, I feel like that rises to the level of some sort of like Dadaist art that maybe starts to make up for the fact that this is a bad place full of bad people. And, you know. Call me a fucking lib if you like, but I do think there is something to be said for a gay guy kind of in this political climate, you know, walking the red carpet with his entire ass out his at this thing out. that's going to get like mainstream coverage. I just want to I want to amend what I said earlier. Uh, I was not joking about, uh, you know, if Lil Nas X, if you're out there, and you're listening, you know. <laughs> 
my number is set. No, I'm kidding. But also too, Aaron's yo, making the phone. I'm making. Hands. It, I'm making it right now. But you can't yes, see him, but he is. I'm making. I'm making the phone hand. I got the phone in my hand. Jamie, you made. You made a good point too. Actually, with the data tip, it reminds me of like the the situations international. You know about mm. you using like uh, opportunizing or uh, opportunizing. That's the good word, I guess. Uh, uh, I know uh, what you mean. You know what I mean. Like like taking the space and like rearranging and rechanging almost metaphysically, right? And just by him being there like dressed like this at a time when the LGBTQ community is like under like intense attack and he's just like nah nigga I'm gay look at my body look at my big ass dick yeah I'm looking yeah, at yeah, it bro yeah, yeah. <laughs> a black man a black man mm. mm-hmm. yo son hell yeah bro a beautiful I'm gonna save that picture mm. queer save that. black save that to the role kitty cat <laughs> walking the red carpet in his now. full fursona he could he could he could drink milk out of my belly like, button all day I just, bro I just can't be mad at that I'm sorry <laughs> Oh, man. You can purge me from the party. I don't care. You know what, JB? Thank you. Thank you, thank you for making about attention because this kind of redeems. This kind of redeems. Uh, it doesn't redeem everything we were talking about earlier, especially not. With no, the absolutely. Net. But it does. It does make it like you know, if if in Minecraft, you know, still you know, calling a predator drone, I'd be like, Yo, little Nas X, you got to get out of there, boo. You know. No, he is. Leave. He is special. Yeah. Well, we treasure him. We must protect him. <laughs> he must protect. My, him. my He's precious. My really cynical take yeah. on the oh, Met Gala is yeah. just like, tell us. That's. I mean. I think I, 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 I've like observed it and watched it and have had a lot of great joy looking at how people dress. Cause it's, I mean, I look at like, say, I, I think it was like 2018 when it was like the Catholic one mm-hmm. and like Zendaya's Wait, like, the Catholic? outfit was like, what do you mean the Catholic one? It's the, a theme, right? Yeah, it was a theme. Of oh, do they have a theme every year? Yeah, they do. Okay. Um, and there was one in 2018 where it was like... Uh, so it was like, a theme this year, sexy Catholic ass inspired, nigga? and basically Zendaya was like, her wore like a huge suit of armor. It was really impressive. Um, and it was like, things like that is really cool. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. My cynical take is just like, oh, this is like their way, like the ruling class to be like, oh, we're going to do like a show just for the poor. Yeah. Just uh-huh. so they can see, like, just a little bit. Yeah, they can little, get a little, little glimpse into this world that they'll never be a little, part of. A little crumb of of. of it's like elegance. a modern day. It's like when a medieval peasant could go exactly. to a great big cathedral. Right. And exactly. feel like they were part of something right. grand. Exactly. And I guess, you know, God was involved there. But, you know, what's God today? Money. Right. Exactly. So and these people essentially, right? People can at least glimpse. They can feel they're in the presence. Let but me ask you guys a question. God of today is like, you know, liberal values, you know, yeah, yeah. charity. Yeah. Let me goodness. Let, let me ask you guys a question though. Like what what always what always strikes me is like uh you know, as times again as you're talking about things getting steadily worse, something we talk about a lot on the show. But how are they gonna hold these things anymore, right? Like imagine if like there's like a famine or there I mean a pand well, the pandemic they guess they didn't because you know like, there was didn't want to get sick. But I'm saying like what if there's something off I mean, we have like worldwide fucking like food shortages or some shit like that, and these people are in their fucking like gated palace. Keep doing it. That's Celebrities. insane. They're our version of royalty. Yeah, that's true. So to be able like to be able to look at celebrities in fancy clothes is the same it, it makes the same argument that like the they make for the royal family in England, which is like they somehow yep. do something for the national spirit, which is obviously bullshit Mm -hmm. but you know you you see it and you see it um being worked into its modern sort of woke version 
You know, they let uh, people of color come to this now. Mm-hmm. And, oh, look at Janelle Monae, yep. you know, look at. Or even look at, to be fair, I mean, even uh, look at, wasn't AOC at the Met thing wearing the fucking dress, like tax yeah, or mean, whatever? Are we going to do AOC no, in like, no, this course I'm, for two look, years in a row? No, no, no. I'm just saying, though, I'm just saying to your point, Jorge, and to your point, Jamie, like, this is like. Oh, it's kind of like this, like this, this, this celebration of like identity politics. I don't use the word. I don't want to use the word woke, but this racial liberalism as well, right? Like of this, like post, like of this, like oh, look at all the like these, all these, like not even elites, but these people that you know and love. And yeah, there a lot of them are black, and a lot of them women, and a lot of them are gay. And look at these crazy outfits, and look how accepting we are, you know, of like yeah. people who have as much money and live in the same sphere of reality as us, and you peasants can watch it, you know what I mean? Not to yeah. say AOC is thinking about this. I'm not to get her on her I'm specifically. I'm sure but there you know are I mean? people who, like, feel good looking at it, and that's how it works, yeah. and that's part of why they keep on doing it. Yeah. I mean, I will say I am sort of glad that we can just talk about the clothes this year and not the political implications of AOC going to yeah, this me too, fucking me too, thing me too, me too, with a left liberal slogan written on her ass or me whatever. Too. You know, as if she ever claimed to believe in anything other than that. But, um, I mean, we're not just talking about the clothes, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, we talking about Lil Nas's ex's lack of clothes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. This shit is hot as fuck. It, it, like, looking at those pictures of him really makes me feel like I need to go to the gym. Mm, it made me feel like Nifma. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. My heart well, feels warm and nice and big and well, nice. No, I feel great. Talking about ghoulish elites. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy, that's a good transition. That's a really great transition. Uh, Yo, wait, you always wait. kill it with the transitions, dog. And then I Thank ruin you. it. And by, then we always ruin by it by saying, acknowledging the By chicken. saying, can I say one more thing about this? Which is, of course, yes, go ahead. that there is nothing inherently wrong mm. with art. There's nothing inherently wrong with cool clothes and fashion mm. and all that stuff. And I feel like we'd find a way to still have it when capitalism falls, but there will no longer be luxury items, right? Because the definition of a luxury item is that only a teeny, 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 tiny percentage of people can have it. And that's why a lot of people like it. That's why rich people like this stuff. It's because other people can't have it. Conspicuous consumerism. There are some rich people who would probably be like fine with it. You know, if Mm -hmm. suddenly we had communal luxury and other people could have these things too, a lot of them probably wouldn't. Um, but yeah, we're not trying to, t- to take away uh, beauty, art, wonder, fashion. Um, we're just trying to fucking communize that shit so that everyone can enjoy it and not just a tiny, tiny few. Yeah, we should have like Agreed. festivals. Like, well I, think, said, I think Met Gala like approximates something that is lost in our society, which is like not having festivals. Yeah. Like that's why people like going to Coachella, even though it's so commodified or other things like that, because. I don't know. It's a, it's, it is community. I think like, you know, Aaron and I talked community. about this one time, but mm-hmm. there's a certain kind of catharsis in terms of being yeah. in like a large group of people doing the same thing. And I think... That's how I felt literally the other night when we were at that fucking rave, you know? <laughs> allegedly. Like, allegedly. Um, allegedly. But basically... You're allowed to rave. <laughs> so, so the idea is if you're all doing the same thing, but then also uh, with like kind of like what we're talking about now with the Met Gala, mm-hmm. if there there's an element of like socializing of, of luxury because what you're describing also, it's like they don't dress like this all the time. It's like a special occasion too. Yeah. So if, that, if, if everyone had the opportunity to just, you know, once a year have like a really fun, like kind of like Mardi Gras, I guess, in a certain way. 
Why do we organize? Mardi Gras it? is dope as shit. I really want to go for Mardi Gras sometime. It looks like so much fun. It would be kind of cool to organize. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I don't mean any sort of um, alternative or parallel sort of like event seems like, I don't know, a little bit like, not cringe, but a little bit of. But it would be cool, though, still, if, you know, a people's gala, man. You know yeah, what I mean? the people's gala. The people's gala. And maybe you know? we don't need to devote so many intense resources into making clothes. Like, sorry, that might not be the best allocation once we have taken democratic control over production. But guess what? The good news, folks, is that you don't need a resource-intensive uh, amount of material in order to look fly as hell, as evidenced by the drag queens we saw the other night. Yes, yes. Those were Bushwick drag Drag queens. Yes. I promise they got most of the. They made most of their outfits with the shit you can buy at the dollar store. And party, not and even party looked, city, but the dollar store, the bodega, probably. And they looked so good. They looked fucking awesome. That was great, yo. I had a lot of fun. I'm, awesome. I'm so glad. I, I would ask you if you enjoyed the drag show, but I know that you did. Oh, I loved it, dude. Because I saw your face and you looked delighted. I was so happy, dude. My God, it reminded me of Mary's, and oh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna put my. No, actually, like, yeah, no, people not living in Mary's. Yo, Mary's in, in Atlanta is a, uh, they, uh, they have a amazing drag show every week, and that's what it reminded me of. You know what I mean? I enjoyed it. Thank you, Jamie, for that opportunity. Aww. I'm glad. I'm glad I got to take you to my bar because you took me to your bar in Atlanta. Your bar was your bar was better. No, it's not it's a contest. A bit, a bit I do love it though. I, I love it too. I love it too. You never know what's gonna go on in the back room. I was just there to see my friend's band, and then that ended. And then suddenly there were all these drag queens walking around saying, hey, there's going to be a drag show. I will say, I don't know if this is just a Brooklyn thing mm -hmm. or a universal thing. Mm -hmm. Drag queens are not shy about telling you when there's about to be a drag show. Yo, they were not, yo. They were not. They came up to, they came up to uh, me and Jake uh, from the show and they were like, like three uh, times. Yeah, they were like, yo, this is drag. And I didn't know they were talking to us. They were talking, she didn't know she was talking to us first. And I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, yeah I want to go. Hell yeah. Thank you for letting me know. Jake's like, I'm here to protest it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just a, it's a joyful thing. And joyful I feel thing. like, you know thing. what? If they can make it work, they can work a look using very scanty resources at their disposal. Then so can we. We can have communal luxury. We can. Folks. We can. We can have communal, uh, you know, fancy dress. We're not going to get rid of that. No, dude. You don't have to get rid of it, but also, you know, We're you don't have to pay no tax to the rich one. Everybody, <laughs> everybody can uh, have access to that. And it's not going to happen just by taxing the rich, which, by the way, isn't going to fucking happen anyway. So whatever. No, no. Sorry. I cut you off after your beautiful transition, Jorge. Yes. But let's pretend like it still works because it does. It does work. Speaking of evil elites, dot, dot, dot. Uh, did you hear about Comrade Chomsky meeting? Oh, did I? <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. This is, uh, this is a rough one. So For those who don't know, like uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Noam Chomsky were, you know, I guess you could say familiar with each other. Oh, my God. So they were in the same room. This, this made me kind of sad, but also kind of like whatever. Um, Can I just say something real quick? Do we are we gonna have to like go back into that little black book and and see no. if Mister No Okay Okay we'll the flight back. logs Yeah No No the, These are the whole So I don't think Chomsky is in the flight logs No, no I was no, making no, a joke I was no, making a joke no, oh. <laughs> I was making a joke <laughs> Okay I got scared for a second <laughs> <laughs> That it worked then. <laughs> that it did work That it was oh a joke right. No So So you part of the whole me. thing is like a Wall Street Journal. Uh, investigation uh, article that came out mm -hmm. that said that these are that there are names that were not on the flight log that were not in the black book that these are that they found out that 
there are additional people that were in the orbit and and people that were meeting with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. And oh this boy. includes Noam Chomsky. But also, before we get into that... He does respond to every email. That's true. Wouldn't that be funny if that's how Epstein <laughs> met him? He just like emailed him and he emailed him back. It's totally possible. But it's, it's not like what actually, but It's actually not what I think happened. that your but, but, uh, work on hegemony is actually pretty interesting. Because I know something about hegemony myself, Mr. Chomsky, anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, and basically what I think is probably maybe more important, I mean, it's like the Chomsky story. Let's do the Chomsky story and then talk about the more important stuff. Um, or is there something else that you're going to say? I feel like it's a good lead in. Okay. Um, I I have some, uh, I have some notes on Chomsky. Okay. So, um, unfortunately... He did not just meet him by emailing him. They had like a bit more of a relationship than that. So, okay, I'm quoting the article now. When asked about his relationship with Epstein, Mr. Chomsky replied in an email. First response is that it is none of your business. Wow, oh, that's or never anyone's. a good response. <laughs> Second is that I knew him and we met occasionally. Okay, let's... Let's keep going. Uh, so apparently Epstein donated a ton of money to MIT, which is where yeah, this is known. Chomsky worked. Mm-hmm. So maybe that gets you, you know, dinner with Chomsky. Uh, but also apparently our, our, our boy <laughs> planned to fly with Epstein to have dinner with Woody Allen and Sunni Previn, his his wife, uh, child bride, his, his child bride, and this is getting worse and worse. Are yeah. you, this is like the Twilight Zone, and dude. Then, so, in response to that, Chomsky said, "If there was a flight, which I doubt, it would have been from Boston to New York, thirty minutes. Yeah, they were going to go together." Um, Where's St. James? Where's Little St. James? Is that between Boston and New York at all? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding again. Go ahead, then he said, "I'm unaware of the principle that requires that I inform you about an evening spent with a great artist." Which is also uh, a little bit yikes when it comes to Woody Allen. Um, He said that they discussed politics and academics, which is, you know, probably true. Um, And he said he also told the journal that at the time of his meetings, quote, what was known about Jeffrey Epstein was that he had been convicted of a crime and had served his sentence. According to U.S. laws and norms, that yields a clean slate. Yo, that so, is, this is Chomsky why, yo. doesn't believe in cancel culture. Yeah, that's a cop-out. I well, think. I mean, that's such a cop-out because it's like, dude, like, first of all, like, motherfucker, like, don't you call yourself, like, an anarchist? Don't you call yourself as someone who's opposed to the fucking rule of U.S. law and this fucking, like, bullshit ruling class? Like, they, so for you to use, like, the law as a fucking cop-out and not the fact that he was surrounded. Oh, don't forget the norms. The norms? What the fuck are you talking it's about? It's totally yo, normal to he totally, he totally um, did it, man. No, want to be friends with someone who's been convicted of yes. child rape. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Actually, I should make these jokes in earnest because that's fucking disgusting. That's fucking weird, dude. I'm sorry. Yo. That's yeah. fucking weird. And for you to just like kind of just wave it off, yo, it's like as if it's great. annoyance, that's not fucking great, dude. It's pretty. Any Anytime you hear someone say it's none of your business, it's like a bit of a yikes from there. It's like yeah. you should probably just stop talking. But, you know, the more important thing, most certainly more important than Chomsky is what happened when he met with people who work for the government, mm. including, uh, geez, the guy who, uh, this guy, William Burns, who was in the State Department then and is now the director of the CIA. You hear that? 
the current director of the, the CIA. The current director oh. of the CIA under Joe Biden. Normal stuff, folks. And I'm quoting from the article, the direct, and this was after he'd served his time for the first bad stuff, but before he got um, investigated again. Uh-huh. Uh, quote, this is a statement. The director did not know anything about him other than that he was introduced as an expert in the financial services sector and offered general advice on transition to the private sector. Why him? They had no relationship. I wonder what kind of private sector, uh, what kind of private sector they went Also, to like, it's literally his job to know things about people, but okay. Yeah, just <laughs> fucking... To me, I just think that it's really convenient that this guy who became the... F- future director of the CIA just so happened to be really close to a guy that has really weird ties to intelligence. And also, can I just say real quick also that this guy, uh, this, this, the child rapist, uh, that is, uh, Epstein, uh, allegedly, uh, killed himself, uh, in jail, uh, when, uh, a lot of different connections, his connections with, and I'm not even saying conspiracy theory shit, right? With, I mean, it might be, but I mean, come the fuck on, dude. You know what I'm saying? Well, listen to this shit. It gets even sketchier, okay? So the labor secretary secretary under Trump, this guy, Alex Acosta. Um, right. I remember, I remember that asshole. That was, who, that was a fucking restaurant, fucking uh, the restauranteer motherfucker, the Arby's guy or some shit. Oh, was he? Yeah, he, that's, he was like, it was once one of Trump's like I feel like, like this might be a different guy because he was U.S. attorney in Miami mm-hmm. at the time uh, that... Epstein, I mean, he basically played a role in 2007. He cut Epstein a non-prosecution plea deal, Mm -hmm. which put a stop to a separate federal investigation of alleged sex crimes with minors and trafficking. So here's a quote from an article. Uh, Is the Epstein case going to cause a problem for confirmation hearings? Acosta had been asked. Acosta had explained breezily, apparently, that back in the day, he'd had just one meeting on the Epstein case. He'd cut the non-prosecution deal with one of Epstein's attorneys because he had, quote, been told to back off that Epstein was above his pay grade. Oh, my God. Quote, I I was told Epstein, quote, belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone. What? He told his interviewers in the Trump transition, who evidently thought that was a sufficient answer and went ahead and hired Acosta. Parentheses. The Labor Department had no comment when asked about this. See, this is see. All right, so this is the Anybody stuff, with man. Noam Chomsky. Interesting. Let's so, all so, put our tinfoil hats on, no, guys. So this is the thing, man. Like, I mean, I don't know really it's the origin of this term or true definition, but this is like when you I think of the term parapolitical, right? I do. That was what you were gonna dude, say, dude. It's just That's this, such a good word that Andy taught all of us. Yo, yes, exactly. Andy, <laughs> shout out to Andy, friend of the show. But it's like, it's like, dude, like, yo, bro. I'm sorry. This is where, like, in the trillbillies, right, sometimes we get accused of being called conspiracy theorists. Like, I what, mean, dude. What else am I supposed to fucking believe when you're telling me that, like, fucking, like, all of these, like, fam- not even just, like, rich and famous people, but we're talking about U.S. intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Where this is some movie shit where the department, the secretary of labor is being told, well, at the time, I guess he was, like, whatever, the prosecutor, being told that, oh, he's above your pay grade? That's some movie shit, bro. Like, who told him that, too? Yeah. Like, who? I want to know so much more in this, but, like, it definitely feeds into theories i won't even call them conspiracy theories because something obviously happened yes. mm-hmm. like you don't just get sued you don't just 
he didn't kill. He obviously did not kill himself. It was the sketchiest circumstances in the fucking world. It is also the camera crazy. didn't work. Just happened to not be working that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That too. That it too. It is Jorge, also yes. crazy that you can just get out of that by killing one person. Still, yes. Like you would think that they would have some way around that by now, but no. Yeah. Like it turns out. Uh, you got to wait for the court date. The information is in his head. Um, maybe someday you'll be able to like back your brain up to a hard drive or something. Mm -hmm. So we could all know the fucking truth. Getting Epstein in prison. But, um, it definitely feeds into theories that some people have that he was doing some sort of like honeypot thing for either the U.S. or the Israeli uh, government, Uh, the you know the CIA or the fucking yeah. It's the the Mossad. Isn't it called the Mossad? Mossad. It's some dark shit. Like, was he doing it for the CIA? Was he doing it for the Mossad? Uh, and like the deeper you dig on this, it just makes you feel like you're going insane. I mean, it's like the JFK assassination. Like it happened very publicly in front of everyone. And then we just fucking memory hold it because there was no way, there was no way of getting to the bottom of it Absolutely, for like a regular person. And anyone who tried was mysteriously murdered. Mm. Um, cause I just watched the JFK movie by Oliver Stone Mm. and, uh, based on a true story. Mm, yeah. and that, is, <laughs> that is what happened. That is exactly what happened. That's 100% what happened. But no, seriously, go ahead, Fun fact about, uh, about Jeffrey Epstein. Um, he's one of the autopsy people, Michael Baden, said an independent pathologist hired by the Epstein estate observed the autopsy. And in October 2019, Dr. Baden said that Mr. Epstein, 66, experienced a number of injuries, among them a broken bone in his neck, that are extremely unusual in suicidal hangings and could occur much more commonly in homicidal strangulation. And Baden states that he thinks that the evidence points to homicide rather than suicide. Why did I mention this person? Well, Michael Baden is a uh, physician and a board-certified forensic pathologist. And he was also involved in the investigation of the shooting of Michael Brown and George Floyd. Um, mm. you know, But also... Uh, was a testimonial at the O.J. Simpson trial. But most importantly, most interestingly enough, he was involved with the uh, investigation in terms of the autopsy. He was the chief, who the chairman of the House Select Committee of Assassinations Forensic Pathology Panel that investigated, that's right, folks, the assassination of uh, one John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King. Wow. Well, I mean, like, I know... I think this guy knows a thing or two, maybe. Well, well, I know... Good. I mean, I think he knows a thing or two for sure, <laughs> yeah. but maybe, well, if, if that were the case, if he like helped them cover up this shit, why wouldn't he have done it again? Maybe he flipped. Yeah. Well, I mean like, you know, there, there are, there are, uh, we could like the thing about like you were saying, Jamie, you got going these rabbit holes is that it gets so incredibly dark and there are so many connections and also like, I mean, there are people that like do this better than we do. I mean, but at the same time, just have to bring it up again that like, I mean, there's no fucking way that all of this shit is a coincidence, right? And leading back to Noam Chomsky, I don't know what the fuck is up with that. I have some ideas. I don't even want to fucking entertain them because, like, it's incredibly depressing. But, like, fuck that shit, Well, yo. I mean, look. You know? You're, you're telling me a guy that has been... Expo- I'm just going to say it. Uh, like, that has been so critical against the U.S. empire and the U.S. state for decades upon decades, mm. and he's still alive? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so critical of it. Talking about Chomsky? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah ooh. Buddy. Maybe Chinese Chomsky and Up. I mean, was, uh, well, I'm not saying the... he's that. I don't think I don't think that. I mean, that's I'm just what saying they're... that they're... he made a deal. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm making that leap. I'm no, making to be on the record, I did not say I I, 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 said, I do not Aaron believe Chase that. Thorpe, I, I said that shit. What I'm what what I am saying is that there I think that he provides a very useful um place in terms of like the limits mm-hmm. of discourse. I agree with that. We all know that Mike Davis was better. We all know that. We all Not know that Davis it's better. necessarily a competition, but... We all know that Parenti and Mike Davis yep. were uh, the if two If I had to mics. rank uh, leftist public intellectuals, mm. Mike Davis... Not as famous as Chomsky, but definitely better. Rest in power, Rest in comrade. Power. Rest in power. Still, still, still sad. Still, still sad stings, about still that stings. one. Still stings. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, it's also telling that the one person I know who claims to believe that Epstein really committed suicide is someone that I have on occasion myself suspected of being in the Mossad. So, mm. 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 curious. Take that, take, take that, take that uh, as you will, <laughs> as you may. I don't think he is, but if he is, I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah I, would, I, w- I wouldn't want to know either. <laughs> oh, that shit gave me the creeps, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, you don't. And that's the thing, like, that's this is why people leave these things alone. Yeah. Because you're not going to win Against the fucking deep state. Nah, You're not going to win against the U.S. government. Un- I mean, until we actually win. Yeah, which which, which requires... A, which, may or may not ever happen. You're yeah. not... It's just not going to happen. All that will happen is you will ruin your own life and yeah. maybe get killed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... So, like, why would anyone sign up for that? Yeah, I mean, like, I think, like, the way to kind of, like... It's kind uh, of fun. I think, I, think the, <laughs> I think the way to maybe prevent more... Uh, I mean, not to prevent, but to like just like nip this shit in the bud is like, well, to overthrow the hitherto existing order and make sure that the ruling class with all their money and power can't uh, not only like, you know, be involved in a, you know, a fucking international espionage, but um, abuse children. Right. So bad. It's like the evilest shit. It's the evilest yeah, it's evil shit, shit man. That, that a human can possibly imagine. Yeah. Maybe if that, uh, maybe if that guy, what's, what's his name again? What's the guy's name again from JFK? Uh, the, uh, the, the, the journalist. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, no, the Harvey Oswald. No, the police. No, the, no, <laughs> no, the, no, the, the, the prosecutor, the judge, whatever. What's, what's his name? The main character. Who are you? Kevin Costner's uh, character. Kevin Costner. Yeah. The guy who was a real, he was a real yeah, person. Who was Kevin Costner playing? I haven't JFK? seen this I had, movie, I had a whole, actually. Oh, it's really good. I had a whole thing, but I fuck I fucked it up. Oh, just my, now. The internet. I didn't connect. To anyway, internet. what I'm saying is that maybe if maybe if that <laughs> guy look it up. Maybe if that guy instead of um maybe if that guy instead of uh, trying to investigate by himself, right, uh, the true nature of JFK's death. Maybe if he uh, decided to organize movement. with some comrades, right, and had a movement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe if he looked like Kevin Costner and spoke like Kevin Costner, <laughs> exactly, he would have had a little more success. Absolutely. Yeah, Jim Garrison. Jim Garrison. That's who. Thank you. He, thank you. I knew it was something like that. I mean, I'm looking at what the real guy looked like, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'd listen to that guy either. Yeah, man. Yo, they always do that. They always make the actors look way sexier than the actual person. <laughs> this guy looks like... Aaron, a- 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 have you ever watched a movie before? Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. we should do an episode. Well, I mean, not that Kevin Costner. No, I was like, I was like, have you ever watched movies? Yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yes. Like They're they, full that, of pretty that, people. That's how what all <laughs> movies are like. No, they need, they need, they need to just be make, make ugly people. Just you know, this person and was then, ugly. You know, and then your wife, Sissy Spacek, is like, oh, you're not spending enough time with your family, and he's like, I have, to, I can't let them get away with this. It's great. And we then should they got watch away it. Yeah, I'd be down to watch it because I haven't watched it before. They got away with it. I think you'd really like it. 
We'll and see. There, um, Cuba is involved. I know you like Cuba. Cuba is involved. This is true. There's a lot of intrigue, a lot of plots and schemes. My can, my belief on the JFK assassination is that the conspiracy is that there is no conspiracy. No, go with that. Oh yeah, you think we got one? I'm not gonna say that on the record. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything like you that. You think Lee Harvey Oswald was really like a Marxist Leninist? And I, I would, uh, I'm just saying that the U.S. government would has a vested interest in making sure that someone like that could not just do that on their own. No, 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 no. Yeah, I agree. there has to be something more involved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we don't have to relitigate the whole JFK conspiracy though. That would take us hours. Oh but yeah. I mean, look, it's a fucking rabbit hole. Um, do we want to talk? I feel like these other things are important. Should we just do a big yeah. up? Yeah, we should. Yeah, we, let's. Yeah, let's. Yeah, t- but let's before we kind of talk about it, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. listeners, if you like what you heard in this episode, oh shit, then be sure to subscribe to either our fans.fm or Patreon at fans.fm/slash Everybody Loves Communism or Patreon.com/slash Everybody Loves Communism. We need support from listeners just like you to ensure we provide radical left content that is independent. Also, be sure to rate us five red stars on Apple Podcasts and even leave us a review. Hell yeah, that's You're right. So good at that. You're I was so good never, at that. ever, ever going to remember to do that. You're also good so at I'm that. I'm so glad. I'm Thank so you. glad you did. Thank you, Jorge, for uh, and you know yeah. I feel like I feel like our listeners deserve a note on our irregular schedule, but. Um, just I don't really know what to say about it. Uh, we're all busy. Yeah. We're vibing we, it out. We've been busy. There's lots of reasons. We've been busy. We've been sad. We've mm-hmm. been... Organizing, working. Doing things. Yeah. I, w- I was in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but then I came back and I was just, you know, just trying to figure out my fucking life, really. But now I have a new job that is called... My OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. So I can devote more time to projects like this that I really care about and less time just, you know, crying while I apply to job after job that I don't want and I'm probably not going to get. So, yeah, expect a whole lot more cool shit from all of us um, in the form of not just this podcast, but other stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. We're, so we're, if you take our output all together, mm-hmm. we really are releasing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If you, well, we're, we're <laughs> filling it out and uh, hopefully uh, soon we'll have more content for you guys because uh, I don't know, we like doing this together. But like, we think like about it. Yeah. If you take, look, if you only look at the podcast, yeah, maybe we look a little lazy. But if you look at the podcast, you look at Aaron's writing that yes. he's been doing, you look at my writing that I've been doing, including my book proposal that I'm almost done with, which will hopefully turn into a book. Hell you look yeah. at all Jorge's work in DSA and the International Committee. It's actually like probably just as much work, if not more work, than just putting out a podcast every week. Absolutely. So maybe ELC has just expanded into a lifestyle brand. <laughs> I like that, actually. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> also, uh, you know, <laughs> like the, the pr- productivity will come in waves. I mean, also, hopefully, we do have a lot of things we have scheduled coming up. So, That's stay true. tuned. We do. And to be clear, going back to the show, mm-hmm. if you do care, what we were just talking about, making sure that workers have rights, that left projects are being independent but also you have a you know a sense of you know a stirring within you a stirring mm-hmm. within you that, you know you you have, you have a you think that, like you desire a certain desire then do we have a potential 
hot strike summer this com- the summer coming around. Yeah. You know? Ooh. Yeah, hopefully. Did it just get warm in here? I actually am sweating now. It did get hot in here. Yeah, man. I guess uh I guess the first place to start since uh, this just happened yesterday actually. Um well not even yesterday. On this happened May this, Day. this happened this this happened uh sorry, I'm trying to look for this. I think this happened so, yeah, what's today? Today's Tuesday. Workers Day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yesterday. Loyalty uh, Day. Well, today, today. Well, today, twelve o one a.m. Technically, I guess. Uh, but uh, the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, uh, they're on strike. So how yeah. So I mean, first, strike, strike, strike. So first of all, like uh, I think the last time that this happened was in two thousand seven, and it lasted a hundred days, and um. There have been some misconceptions, I guess, that I also repeated, too, about reality TV kind of exploding during that time. Not necessarily true. But what you did have as a result of that strike was some of the best TV that we saw in the uh, early aughts. You know, shows like Breaking Bad and Mad Men, uh, networks that normally would have never gambled on this. So we can see that solidarity, right, and workers fighting for their rights, not only to, you know, work with, uh, get paid more and work with dignity, but also, like, you know, to, like, share their craft, right, and really actually get to uh, uh, pursue their art, you know, we see that that's a positive, but uh, anyway, so as of 12.01 a.m. this morning, the Board of Directors of Writers Guild of America West and the Council of Writers Guild of America East voted unanimously, right, to call a strike, so the decision was made. board of directors, and it's like I had like a my heart sink a little bit, but then it's like okay, good news came after those that, those, that phrase. Well, also as a also oh, yeah, board of, that's true. The council of directors is a better term for that. Uh, shout out okay. to the uh, WGA East. They're movie directors, right? Yeah, no. Or no, I'm fucking that up because I'm tired. No, they I are think the directors of the union. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Wouldn't it be fun? Okay, mm. that. I was thinking in my head like a board of actual directors yeah. and yeah, how funny that would be, but it's a writer's strike, not a director's strike, well, so I don't know why that would make sense. Well, those guys, those guys are Although on the other I'm side. I'm sure the directors are also unionized and won't cross the picket line. Well, they have they have their Hopefully. own. Hopefully, no. Well, well, yeah, actually, yeah, the writers are the right the directors are a part of that too, um, as well. Actually, uh, not right. just not just writers, directors, producers, or anyone who is right. actually in the in the in the I guess the writers guild. Cut I, out I, the part where I. Sound Dumb. If Let's also, go on. If also, I'm wrong about this too. Uh, um, forgive me. But um, so, um, correct information. The decision was made following six weeks of negotiations with uh, some of the biggest content providers, including Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Disney, Warner, and Discovery, NBC, Universal, Paramount Plus, and Sony. So the strike will affect late night TV, network TV, uh, daytime soaps, and streaming. So just a little bit on streaming here because I think that. Um, no, I think this is the biggest, one of the biggest points of contention over the writer strike, and I think that over the past decade, since the last strike, we've seen like not only this exploding of streaming services, but also like attempts made by content providers to squeeze more work out of writers and out of workers um, without compensating them properly, right? Um, just given the subscription model, right? So uh, I guess to explain that. So residuals, right? Residuals are a big point of contention. Residuals are payments, if you guys don't know, payments that are made every quarter by the companies to the writers for the content that they create. So the contract that currently exists uh, generates revenue through ad sales, which, I mean, you know, if anybody watches TV, this kind of makes sense, right? So every time a show airs and re-airs in syndication, everyone gets a share of that revenue, right? That sounds fair. But now, though, Revenue is made almost exclusively through subscriptions, right? Whether it's a monthly subscription or a yearly subscription, there's no re-airing. 
uh, people can watch whatever they want to watch when they want to watch it on demand. And so writers are not getting the same residuals as they used to, Mm. right? But people still have to rent it sometimes, like from Amazon or whatever. Mm. Okay, so good point, Jamie. That's actually a really good point, right? So, now, well, not even those... Okay, so even the content still being on the platform. Where is that money going? Well, not even the money. Where's the content going? So, actually, instead of continuing to pay residuals, content providers are just pulling the content from their platforms, right? So, there are some shows, right, sure, that still exist, but shows like Westworld... HBO yeah, Max. Yeah, crazy. H- yeah, HBO, which was like their oh, well, Emmy award-winning show, they just fucking took it off. And that was because of residuals, You can't right? watch it on, on, the, on HBO Max anymore. Exactly. You can't watch it on HBO Max. Exactly. That's so whack. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. Like, Westworld was like, you know, after season one, sure, it was like not the best. But like, mm-hmm. se- but its first season made pretty big buzz only a few years ago. Right. And yet, it's just people, not there anymore. Because on HBO, you pay like a monthly subscription fee. Right. No matter how much or how little stuff you watch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of a similar thing with Spotify, right? Where you have you only have to pay ten dollars a month for access to every music ever created. Yeah, which seems like well, that they have license to basically insanely low. Yeah. if you think about it, like there's absolutely no way that that's not going to fuck up an entire industry. Yeah, it's almost as if like productive forces have a tendency to kind of over time, if they're make it work, scale almost opening itself up to socialization. Yeah, almost like it. And I'm just thinking about this a little more now. I guess, like, yeah, one option is to just um, avoid paying more, uh, avoid paying the creators Mm. by taking it down so you don't have to pay them because people aren't watching it. Or you could just say fuck it and be full on evil and... uh, do what Spotify did, mm-hmm. but they, I, I imagine there's lots of differences in the kinds of deals that yeah. they have with, um, cause a lot of, I don't know, go on. Well, well actually, no, just, I guess to your point though, well, in terms of, I guess, um, I don't know, there, there was this interesting thing that many rooms that I'd never heard of. I mean, we've all heard of a writer's room, right? Um, but many rooms are, um, Almost like the it, scaling you say mini rooms. Mini rooms, yeah. What's it's that? almost like the scaling down of a writer's room, right? So oh, mini rooms no. are. Is it like the room we're in right now? It is. But well, there's I, like twice as many people in here. Actually, uh, no, Jamie, less people. Actually, fraction, fraction. Sorry, there's a there's fraction of the writers um, in a fraction of a time who are meant to turn over a larger profit, right? So normally what it would be, uh, as it was explained in this video by More Perfect Union, is that what it used to be is that they would have a writing room and that um, the, the content provider, the studio, had put a certain amount of money, millions of dollars, right, for, you know, a pilot in the first couple of episodes, right? And that was guaranteed, right? Um, even if it didn't air, right? Like the writers would get paid for. Now with these mini rooms, um, as far as I understand it, um, they're just kind of, it's kind of a dragnet, right, of content. So all these writers are producing content, right? And then content providers can just kind of pick and choose, right? Like like what scripts they want to film, right? So these writers are getting paid, like, I guess, like instead of getting paid like for work that may or may not air that they've already done, right? They're getting paid on a either, I think it's a... Uh, I think one of them was a, a weekly basis or a day rate, right? And if it's a weekly basis, I mean, this is regardless of level, right? So if you're a writer and you've been working for like 10 years and you've moved up through the ranks, now you're getting paid almost as much as someone who's an entry-level writer, which, I mean, let, let's be real, man. Like the whole, the idea of like work, right, in a career is that you make more money, right, like 10 years later than when you got into it, right? But um, 
workers are making less money than they were when uh, when profits for streamers have gone up. And I just want to mention there's a couple other stuff too, but the 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 proposals that the WJ uh, WGA had uh, had proposed to the what's this shit called? It's called the Movie Producers and something of association. Wait, let me look that up. The Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Yes, right, exactly, right. So there were a couple. There were a couple proposals that, like, the they these movie producers, directors, that producers, intelligence producers, they had rejected outright, right? Um, that they didn't even like, kind of like, they just rejected. Sorry, they just re- rejected the proposal and didn't even really make a counter offer, right? Um, but one that was especially interesting to me was about AI screenwriting, right? Ooh. Because this mirrors, I think, the well, the paradigm shift with streaming services. So uh, AMPTP rejected WGA's proposal, uh, which said that they don't want any fucking AI screenwriting, right? They don't want anything re-edited. They don't want anything edited by AI. They don't want, I mean... The robots are not your comrades. They're not your comrades, Unlike man. Unlike every other group of workers that, um, you know, people have ever tried to exclude from a certain field, the robots cannot be organized with. Well, they're not workers because they're not alive. Yeah. That is also true. Well, 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 Although so, some of them claim they are. Well, well, to be fair on a real tip too, like the AI stuff is like, I mean, like I think it was today that we had like, God, man, where is it from? I think in Nairobi, these, um, these, these um, uh, people that pretty much right. produce the con- they produce the content for the aggregation, right? For AI, right? So, so basically, what you're describing is in the um, we're going to get into a little bit of the nitty gritty, but basically, mm-hmm. like uh, to create artificial intelligence in terms of like the uh, at least ChatGPT or some of these other services that you need to test it against data sets. Um, but to test it against data sets, you have to say this data set is like you're labeling them to be like, oh, this is like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a butterfly. Yep. You're, lo- you're looking at it. This is a butterfly. This is like a, like a, like a rat. This is a cat to kind of indicate because a computer doesn't know anything. They don't know exactly. what anything is. So you're making, by labeling it, you're making it learn that you're creating associations kind of like, like a, like a baby does. Right. But it's not exactly the same thing. Cause it's not alive, but it's yeah. a process. Right. But the, what you're describing then is like the people, the, People who are very exploited, like you said, in Kenya, mm. and, uh, and, uh, not Nairobi, uh, Nairobi's in Kenya, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nairobi in Kenya. Um, they're being paid so little, but really kind of, that's why people say like, what people claim is AI is really just a very sophisticated mechanical Turk. People, you know, uh, the podcast, This Machine Kills, mm. or our friend Ed, mm. friend of the show, the, and him and, and their co-host and producer always talk about is like, a lot of it is, not really an artificial intelligence is a very sophisticated trick because you're describing at at the most fundamental level there's like there's human labor involved here it's like you're you're creating like the the parsing of the data set so it's like okay i mean is it really artificial intelligence here or is it just a very sophisticated statistical process um i guess it's artificial intelligence in that it's artificial right Yeah. But not in that. Not in that it's intelligence. Right. Yeah. But yeah. is there a point at which it has learned enough so that it can just kind of go on its own? Well, well, like wait, I just want to. I just want to bring it a point real quick too, because like I think this is kind of all relevant, right? Um, uh, basically, their their response was that uh, about AI was that uh, 
we're going to have annual meetings to discuss advancements in technology, right? Hmm. So my, my point kind of brings mm. up, and I guess I'll round it up, this is like, you know, job this... Cutting. What about those inv- advancements in technology? Yeah, well, we're Regarding talking... Regarding my job. Yeah, well, we're talking about also, too, like, what is, like, is AI true AI? And not at all. I mean, I don't think... I think at this point, like, like those com- it's not that those conversations are irrelevant, but, like, this more so mirrors the attitude that these content providers had when streaming, right, came out, right? Where they were like, okay, we're going to wait and see what happens, right? before we make any rash decisions. And now we see what happened like about 20 years later. You know what I mean? That's so creepy. Yeah, it is. It is pretty creepy. What basically this, and so I just want to add to finish out this. If, if, even if I think there's this misconception that like Hollywood writers are living, are bougie and they're living in fucking mansions in Beverly Hills and stuff like that. But like, very I few know, are, very few are. It's not just not, it's just not the case. Right. And if it doesn't matter whether you work at Starbucks or you work in an Amazon warehouse or you like, I mean, whatever kind of work that you do, you work in an office. I mean, this is going to affect you because like, especially with AI, it's just about sort of the, the negation of any human dignity, right. You know, any sort of craft, especially if we're talking about an art, like the labor that goes into that, like, I'm sorry, like a computer, you know, that's aggregating information to make a, a facsimile, right, of a famous artist's work, right? I mean, there's no right. human labor and emotion that goes into that, right? It's kind of cold and dead, and I don't care what anyone says, like, how good it looks, right? At the end of the day, you're stripping out the human element by actually, like, starving people out of the craft that they fucking, like, have spent years honing, you know what I mean? And if you think that's not going to happen to your job, what you do, and for a lot of jobs, it should fucking happen, right? I do think that. But, I mean, especially for jobs that, like, I don't know, I hear people talking about, like, mental health services, right, and using AI for that. And, like, that's just, like, a whole nother can of worms. But, yeah, I think— I'm uh, not convinced that that's not what BetterHelp already is, already is. by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, I think if once it, once the AI gets a little bit more um, advanced, I'm pretty sure that it will be even more it's pretty. It's pretty there right now in terms of tech stuff. Like, it's uh, pretty sophisticated. But mm. to be clear, I think there's a— People mistake that, oh, it's really, really good, so therefore it's basically there. I mean, what you're describing, I think, is a really good point about, you know, particularly you said people who work in office jobs. If you have an email job, you should be really paying attention mm-hmm. right now. Oh, yeah. Gmail is already writes half of my emails for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I never want to click on the email, like the suggested replies, but sometimes I'm like, Oh, yeah, that works. Click. It's faster. It's faster than writing it myself. So I guess I'm part of the problem here. No, no, no. I don't think... I think that stuff, like... Yo, I think, like, that stuff that's just, like, sort of, like... I don't know. You... you, I mean, they're just... They seem, like... I don't say natural, but natural evolutions and outcomes of technology, right? But, like, actually forcibly removing the human element from it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, you're not even removing the form... You're not removing the human element. What you're doing is that you're circumventing your, your... like you're like a parasite, right? Where you're not actually you're not employing a person, but it's like that 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 thing that makes a person a person that makes a work of art, which is like all the fucking work that tons of people did before that, right? And what you're doing is just you're kind well, of just I don't know. Well, here's the thing, right? though. I mean, art is work. Yeah. I know people think it's a special category that um, you know. I guess if you're lucky enough to be employed near it, you, you know, you should be doing it just for the love of it or Mm. whatever, but it is work. And I think we can use the same. Okay. Here's a question for you Mm. guys. Can we use the same Marxist framework to understand this, that we have used to understand automation up until now, generally in capitalism, Mm. right? I'm talking about 
the yeah. something that marks i mean it's a confusing term because it doesn't um really sound like what it means but the organic composition of capital mm-hmm. which is to say the amount of capital that's tied up in um stuff the means of production whether that's machinery or computers or ai or whatever versus the amount that is tied up in human labor mm. uh can we use the same framework to understand that? And if so, um, I do think that the amount of, um, I mean, capitalists don't really understand capitalism in this way because they Mm. always try to do this and find the amount of extra profit that you can squeeze by creating a greater organic composition of capital, right? Replacing human labor Mm -hmm. with, um, with robots or whatever. Um, is not it, it hits a ceiling, yep. which is why we do not have fully automated uh, fast food restaurants yet. It's why we still have human beings working in the Amazon warehouse. Because guess what? Um, when a human being breaks, you replace it with somebody else. They have a very high turnover rate. When a robot breaks, oh, they have to service that robot. Yeah, exactly. So they have to invest. Uh, Isn't that like kind of tendency the rate probably rate of profit to fall? Right, this investment in like or am I like. It's, I think it's connected because of, uh, <laughs> here's a phrase that I mm. got from my illustrated capital that mm. um, helps me remember about this stuff. Mm. So if the organic composition of capital is represented by the letter C, mm. okay, when C rises, there tend to be crises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do we think that that holds true with this as well? Or have they somehow found a way around it? No. No, I don't think they, they found a way true. around it. Mm. I mean, I so basically the etymology of the word robot, right? Yeah, comes from basically surf labor, mm. and you, so you mentioned like the organic composition of capital. So machines, technology, and in this case, like you know, pseudo artificial intelligence or things of that nature, are all part of what you call like the organic composition of capital. Basically, the means of production itself, mm. right? So. And the reason they want artificial intelligence is because they want even more sophisticated labor. I mean, what they want at the end of the day is they want slaves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we outlawed slavery, so then, oh, well, we just need to put yeah. all as much as one we can. But also, interestingly enough, in this country, the rise of artificial intelligence also is the like we're seeing the return of, say, child labor, right? Yes. So it's like, I yes. don't think, I think. This is not an accident. That's such a good yo. That's such a good point, Hori. Yo, I'm so, I'm so happy you said that because, like, you know, meanwhile you're seeing like these these I mean supposed um, revolutionary advancements, right? In AI and most of this stuff is just like fucking buzzwords that you know these companies and individuals use to hype this shit up. But at the same time, you're seeing like this rolling back, right, of child labor laws, and it's kind of like, well, that kind of proves to you that they still need the human element, right? Mm-hmm. They still have to mold this little class of people because the technology. I mean, maybe it's the joke, right? The joke that like after everything that we had after. Roswell, right, that we took and made cell phones and fucking the, the internet and computers and all that shit. Now we've used all that technology and it's over with. It's a joke, right? But I think it does kind of apply, right, <laughs> to this tendency of like, okay, like, at some point, you reach this plateau, right? I'm not saying like a technological plateau, right? But like the more Moore's Law, right, this idea that... Um, this idea that I guess you would uh, you would have uh, uh, more you'd be able to fit more information I guess on like a computer chip or something like that with like every like decade or something like that is that what it is Jorge? So Moore's law was basically named after Gord Moore who was the founder of in- Intel and the idea is that uh, the amount of the the amount of semi transistors that exist in terms yeah. of the space 
halves every 12 to 18 months. Well, there were 12 months, but then over time, I think it happened around mid-2010, so like very recently, mm-hmm. that started slowing down. Yeah. Uh, but because we were getting to like literally the physical limits of how much you can put transistors in terms of like, we're talking like nanometers, like really just yeah. super tiny that it's like, we're getting to like the limits of terms of actual physics. Yeah. We, we, we don't yeah. even have, we don't even have the technology yet to like create, but I mean, even if, so, but, so in many ways, mm, Aaron started mm, to interrupt, but yeah, in many yeah. ways, like this expand, like this incredible increase in productivity that happened in like in the computer revolution is very similar to what happened after the post World War II boom, because you can only get it once. Yeah, yeah. You only get it once, yeah. and then, all right, well, now you're trying to find, like... They're squeezing the rest of the juice out yeah. yes. any way they can. You're trying to bleed, a, like, trying like, to bleed yeah. a stone. Where, where are the easy gains? The easy yeah. gains, like, oh, where, where like, like you know... They're trying to find a vein, and it's just getting harder and harder. Yeah. No, ca- if capitalism... Okay, I like this metaphor. If capitalism is... I mean, maybe it's problematic. I guess we can't use the word junkie anymore. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. Say what you're going to say. Go ahead. Ca- if capitalism has substance use disorder, okay, okay. addiction this, problems, it's in the phase where they're like shooting it in their toe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they're don't desperate. have anywhere else. They don't like, have anywhere else. Or, or it is. To be clear, there's nothing wrong with that if you have if you have the disorder or have had it. No, in the we're past. not trying to shame yeah, anyone shaming with substance use disorder. Or to <laughs> use a different metaphor, perhaps that I enjoy that I've used before. Um, Let's see the 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 level of uh, the rate of profit, the productivity in this in this golden age of capitalism. Ever since ever since say uh, the neoliberal turn of the nineteen seventies, when I mean this was one thing that really blew my mind when I realized. I think maybe Doug Henwood was the first person who explained it in a way that really clicked. Mm. Um, Shot off front of the show. Yeah, like we think of the Keynesian era. Uh, we think of the golden age of capitalism, right, the post-war period to the 1970s as a time of great government intervention mm-hmm. in the economy mm-hmm. and neoliberalism as a time of sort of laissez-faire economics. That's not actually true. They didn't really need to do Keynesian economics back then because the rate of profit was high enough so that they could just tax and spend. No, the government started intervening much more heavily in the economy in the neoliberal era yeah. when, oh, the boners started to go down and they're like, oh, shit we got to make the line go back up we got to give yeah. them some viagra you yeah. know yeah. we got to get and then and why oh, is the line going down over time it takes more and more viagra to keep the boner okay yeah. it is a hugh hefner viagra boner yeah. that eventually yeah. is just gonna fall down and not mm-hmm. come back and so what, that is the phase that we are living through right now so what we're saying everybody is yes Line goes down. Line goes down. Line, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, like, to kind of, to, I guess, uh, I mean, I don't know. This is why, like, I don't know. Support the fucking strike, man. You know? Support the fucking strike. You because like the strike. Because, like, it doesn't matter whether or not. I mean, I just that saw some. That is the most important point. I mean, I just saw some really facile takes. Like, people saying shit like, oh, they're propagandist. And, like, you should care about. Who like, was stuff. saying this? I mean, listen. What? Let me, let me finish real quick because this is insane. But just, like, people who just, like, you know, just, like. Like, you should care about, like, you know, uh, coffee bean pickers and growers and, like, you know, like, the global south. And it's like, dude, like, I mean, why do you think that solidarity is, is transactional? You know what I'm saying? Like They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, they're not mutually fucking exclusive. They all, this is all interrelated and depend on each, each other. And, like, I don't know, man, just, like, support the fucking strike. Have, yeah, what do you say? This, this that, that whole talking point mm. is similar to, oh, baristas 
and office workers aren't actual workers. This, to me, in my opinion, is an op. I'm going to say it. Yeah. It's an op. It's a fucking op, dude. Either it's an op in terms of, like, I personally don't even think it's, like, intelligent. I think it's just, like, an op by either opportunists or... Fascist. I mean, or, or, so, or you could just be a useful idiot, right? Or, or like you, you don't just, have to be consciously doing an op for it to function yeah, as but an op. Someone's yeah, doing the op. Exactly. Though. Like someone's someone's like trying to like push these talking. I mean, points I and don't become useful. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. And it's also just like I would say too that like, yo, as a writer, and we're all writers here, right, um, to varying degrees. But like, you know, you, you, like if you've, I'm not even gonna say if you've never written anything, shut the fuck up. But like, you don't understand what it's like to fucking sit down and like fucking work I on tweet. something and use. I mean, like I'm talking to I mean, you guys do, but I'm talking to like people who are saying this stuff. It's like that's actual fucking work, dog. Yeah, that takes mental fucking labor, right? Emotional, la- not even I'm gonna say emotional labor to make a joke out of it. It takes time. Right. To be able to do that shit. So if you don't think these people who are fucking even if you don't like the, the fucking shows or the movies they're putting out, you think it's trash and, you know, neoliberal culture sucks. Sure. OK, fine. I agree with you. But at the same time, if you don't understand that solidarity is not like a subscription service where you choose who you have solidarity with. Like, that's some reactionary fucking bullshit, man. I don't know who I'm yelling at now, but for anyone who thinks, like, well, it doesn't really fucking matter, like, no, you're, dude, it does fucking you're matter. You're definitely yo. yelling at someone. Probably yeah. not anyone who listens to no, our not show. Even to the show. Hopefully. Hopefully not. But, um, you know, if you guys see people doing that, you are allowed, you are very much should feel empowered to go out there and yell at them for us and, exactly. you know, and for yourselves Absolutely. and workers everywhere. But I wanted to ask you, Jorge, oh, what, what? I just want to say to those people, to wrap up the point, I have four words for them. Read a book, people. Oh, they suck Read my dick. Book. That's three words. <laughs> Read a book or, you <laughs> know, listen to this podcast and we'll tell you the good things that are in the books. Or, or that. We'll or tell that. you the good parts of books. But yeah. also you should read books anyway. Sure. Um Oh, but I wanted to bring this up because you're like a Wall Street guy. Mm. I mean, you know, not like a Wall Street guy, but, but like fo- you know it. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like Doug Henwood's a Wall Street guy. Right, finance stuff. So um, one of the things that the bosses are saying in this particular conflict is, oh, we would love to to fulfill these very reasonable requests, but our Wall Street backers won't let us. So our hands are tied. Like, is that true? And if so, um, isn't that like a really bad sign? Um, I mean, well, I I don't know if it's true because I don't, I don't know. I'm not. We're not. We're not in the meetings, right? But that sounds. Yeah, but I buy that because that's what happens. That's the history of like of capitalism, pretty much in the past century. Mm. Uh, I mean, we. Maybe we could talk about it soon, but Lenin talks about this in imperialism. Ah, Lenin. Yeah. Lenin. 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 He said it again, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He did. Um, but basically, <laughs> the idea that finance capital is a more a more uh, higher form of capitalism, quote unquote. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that kind of phrasing, but point is like, if you're an investor into a company and they're depend because you have certain rights in terms of like ownership and voting rights and was like say all the ba- the financial ba- but also like you know if you make movies the people who are behind the movies the one that actually fork up the cash for then they can have a return on their investment right mm-hmm. to make profit and they're like well you have to do these things for us to keep funding it basically mm-hmm. they finance capital is organized and they know that if they, they, they don't get what they want in terms of what they need to keep the machine going, then they will also strike. 
That's what we know as capital strike. Yeah, and then we like, here's the thing. We could just not have movies. Like Wall Street doesn't give a shit. No, they don't care. Why would they care? Yeah. Like like they they don't they don't they don't they could also fund movies elsewhere. That's the other thing. That's mm. what the incredible thing about finance capital is that now, of course, they have an interest in trying to try to invest it here, but you know, it is what it is, right? Oh, but also no, there'll always be some studio. They'll get, they'll cave cave in. You know, in the in the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, that was Walt Disney. Walt Disney was the one that broke the broke rank. It's mm. like, no, I could make a lot of fucking money mm. by just. Do you think it's an accident? Wait, that Walt- I thought Disney was like a woke communist company. <laughs> <laughs> is that not true? Also, too, I think to your point, I think Netflix actually is the. Um, I mean, these are rumors I heard, but through scouring Twitter, but Netflix is the company that um, is like the biggest holdout, right, from the deal. You know what I mean? Oh, and for like, sure. As, they have as like the most, popular, the most popular streaming service, that makes absolute sense, right, that they would keep wanting to fuck over workers out of their residuals, right? Yeah. And and given what we were talking about earlier about the difficulty of the economy of being a streaming service, you only pay mm-hmm. a certain amount. Yeah. So if you want to keep the line going up and also you have a certain fixed cost, either you increase the price, which they have done, but they've noticed is unpopular. Mm-hmm. So, okay, can't touch that. So we can maybe cut costs. The only place that capitalists care about, which is labor. Yeah. Someone should make an anti-capitalist streaming service that's run as a workers' co-op. Shout out to me and Stevie. Shout out to me and Stevie, indeed. But also, we should have more. Yes, we should have more. Like, what if you opened up your Roku or whatever, and instead of being Netflix mm. and HBO and Disney Plus, it was like me and Stevie and this other thing and this other thing that we haven't invented yet. I feel like that'd be pretty that would dope. be that would be that would be preferable to like whatever the fuck is going on now. I mean, also the last thing I want to say about the streaming thing—it's just funny because streaming was supposed to do away with a lot of the problems that cable people had with cable. You know, I guess like from a you know according to who? I mean, well, I mean, look, the what fact that the it was, problem it was with cable besides the well, fact I mean, that it was expensive. well cordless. How do we know that's not propaganda, and, Aaron? Well, I mean, I don't mean it could be propaganda, but like also at the same time, as someone who doesn't fucking like commercials. I like a lot of people don't like commercials. Right. And I mean, also to the freedom that a lot of, I mean, to be fair again, I know they're trying to rip people off, but I mean, I think I've seen stuff on streaming services that I wouldn't see right on TV. But that being said, they know all this. Right. And that's why they're ripping off fucking writers. Right. So, so, I mean, it's just, Mm. you you meant, I'm glad you brought up that Mm -hmm. question earlier, Jamie, but the point is like, no, there is an, there are, it's almost as if there are, two classes in society, those that own and don't own, and there is one class that is organized and there is one that isn't. Exactly. And the one that isn't is ours. Exactly. Oh, no. Well, actually... And that's we're, why we're with, strike, with strikes and unions our best. is a step towards being organized. Yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. Are there more... Are there you, were there more stuff well, you want I mean, to there strikes are, remember to? There's that... Okay, I see more things on here. There's the American Airlines yeah. strike. So, yeah. well, we're kind of... So, to kind of move into that, yeah. basically to the point you brought up earlier, well, if there is a tendency in terms of the, when there's a inc- more crisis in society, what the larger point that also Marx talks about is the simple fact that the fundamental contradictions of the economic system is that basically there are class antagonisms. So if there's, there's an organized class further and further uh, exploita- exploiting the other majority class, basically the proletariat, the workers, inevitably... I would argue that's like objectively true. Inevitably, 
It's kind of like you put an animal into a cage and you keep just bullying it. It's like going to fucking bite back. Yeah. It's just no. not going to just take it anymore. Yeah. So in a larger sense, the, what's happening is like, it's not a coincidence, I would argue, that, oh, like, this is a quote from, this is a tweet from More Perfect Union. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Strikes must be contagious. Be, and this is also come, came out today. Strikes must be contagious because pilots at American Airlines voted to authorize a strike and Southwest could be next. 96, here it is, 96% of the American Airline Pilots Union came out to vote, and 99% chose yes. Hell yeah. The Southwest Pilots Union started their vote Monday, and it's expected to pass easily. And also, we have an American Airlines strike that has been authorized, but then also, maybe there's a, hear me out, Teamster strike okay. this summer. Ooh, capitalists are quaking okay. in their boots. Yeah, they drinking I mean, mad water. Here, here's out. So, it's United Chris Parcel Morgan. Service and the International Brotherhood of Teamsters Union on Monday. This is a few weeks ago. Started U.S. private sector labor contract talks covering roughly 340,000 U.S. drivers, package handlers, and loaders at the global delivery firm. Keep in mind, like Teamsters are drivers, right, and logistic people, and also earlier pilots. All things that people talk about, oh, how AI is going to automate these jobs away, right? Mm. Interesting how it's all connected here. Uh, the stakes are high for union and management as recession threatens to cut into business and worker participation in unions sits at all-time lows in the United States despite an uptick in labor activism. This is Reuters, by the way. Reuters is giving Reuters a business press cares very much about covering unions because the audience for this is not you and me. It's for, you know, a certain other kind of audience, another group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the powerful Teamsters Union wants an agreement that shares billions of dollars in UPS pandemic profit with workers, exerts leverage over negotiations, and helps to recruit new members, including Amazon.com Inc. warehouse workers. Quote, we're not going to negotiate a contract that is cost-neutral or with concessions, Teamsters General President Sean O'Brien said in a statement late on Monday. We are going to push this company and its management harder than they've ever worked before. We have 12 weeks until this contract expires. UPS, the world's biggest parcel delivery firm and number one employer of teams to represent U.S. workers, wants a deal that will satisfy workers, customers, and investors while enabling UPS to fend off non-United competitors like FedEx and Amazon.com as delivery demand cools. Failure is not an option, O'Brien said at an April 2 rally. What we do in these negotiations is going to set the tone for the entire country, the entire labor movement moving forward. These are the first labor talks for both O'Brien and UPS CEO Carol Tomei. The only national strike at UPS in 1997 lasted 15 days, disrupted the supply of goods, cost the company $850 million. So basically... That sounds like a lot. Keep your... Keep your eyes on this. Yeah. Watch this space. Yeah. Watch this space. I like that talk. Yeah. I like that talk. Just watch. Trust me. Watch the space. Well, here is a question. Um, where did the money go? <laughs> like, do they actually have to? Is, is there a crisis brewing? Or is there just, you know, a guy with a big pile of money who just doesn't want to give it to the to the to the companies mm-hmm. to give to the workers like the wall street thing with um with hollywood i'm mm. saying mm. like what's going on here are we seeing 
like a real capitalist crisis where it is actually not possible to meet these demands or uh, is it a situation of just the workers need to get more power and then they'll be, uh, you know, owning homes in the suburbs again and sending, uh, you know, <laughs> buying great clothes for their kids <laughs> and whatever the fuck else they used to do in the 1950s. Mm. Choose your own adventure. We, oh, yeah, it remains to be seen. We, we yeah. have to decide that. Oh, yeah, it remains to be seen. Because, you know, it to be seen. I mean, obviously, I want people to have the things that they deserve. But if it is not possible for the system to deliver those things, if it's not possible for the system to deliver a good life, um, that is an opening for us. That is where we come in. Because Absolutely. if it can't do that, then it needs to change. It needs to be replaced. And, Absolutely. you know, obviously, I don't want anyone to be living in poverty. I want everyone to have the things that they need. Um, but if it's not possible, and I do not, I honestly, I don't know at this point, is it possible for the government to just do MMT or whatever and deliver? Oh, mm. okay. We're almost done. Mm. We're almost done. Mm. Um, and that is something they're considering, by the way, we didn't even talk about the debt ceiling and we didn't even talk about the, um, the second largest bank failure ever. You told me about this today, yeah. Which used to be the Silicon Valley Bank, but now there's a, n right. a new one. And that's not even like some crypto bullshit. That's like a real bank. Yep. <laughs> that's a real like, bank. Real one. It, and, and also the, the government is like considering all these options for raising the debt ceiling because... Uh, it's going to expire, and Kevin McCarthy is standing in the way, and blah blah blah. In like, a month, by the they way, might June first. Yeah, I think June. They yeah, might just June, right? mint a, a one trillion dollar coin and deposit it into their bank account. Take it to the, the bodega US, for some change. The U.S. government is allowed to do that and see how that works. Like it really just seems like the gas is running out of the tank, and something's got to give. Well, There's certainly something happening. Um, history, history, history is, history happening. is happening. history is always happening. Indeed. But you know, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's this is a really, it's, it's I mean, what you just said, it's like, is, is this like an inevitable certainty that it's going to just collapse or, or, or is there going to be a potential like reorganization of things? Because don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, even if capitalism could provide an okay life for workers, we would still need to end it. But go on. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say it needs to be ended because like even our conception of like when capitalism was working well in the U.S. was fundamentally predicated on the exploitation of the global south like yeah. it's like someone someone is being exploited someone is being exploited in capitalism no matter what it's that inescapable is, that is very true yeah. but sorry i cut you off what were you gonna no say? no no. i mean but basically to kind of what we're getting we're getting at is just like um essentially what i think is whether or not it's like an inevitability or it isn't it, do, it does not does not matter mm -hmm. because if it's inevitable or if it's not the, the if it's necessary if it's for that for if capitalism does need to collapse and needs to be changed and then socialism will come about guess what that doesn't take that doesn't give you off the hook because if it's a necessity and and in and a, and a necessary condition well what are the necessary conditions well it turns out that workers need to be organized so yeah. whether it's like a conditional where it's like oh it could happen or it will happen same it's basically the same thing. Well, it also doesn't get you off the hook because um, a lot of bad things happen when right. capitalism is on fire. Exactly. And one of those bad things is fascism. Yeah. And you could go the other direction. You know, we we are not accelerationists. Like, I guess 
only in the sense that we're all accelerationists now because we're riding that wave. Things are accelerating, whether or not we're like stoked about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the question is, in which direction is it going to collapse? And if we don't do anything about it, if not just not just us, if everybody, if regular ass people don't fight, um, we might see things get even worse than they are right yeah. now. And that is scary to think about. What is to be done? What is to be done? What indeed? Well, we're not going to probably figure that out right now. No, I don't think we're going to figure out this. But (laughs) maybe, you know, after we do this podcast for a few years, we will have, you know, we'll have some clearer ideas. Agreed. Agreed. Sorry, I'm just tired. We just have to read all the books. Once we're done reading all the books, Mm. we're going to create a perfect synthesis between, you know, we have me, sort of uh, anti-state communist. We got Jorge, a little ML adjacent. We got Aaron, who's like, both those things Uh, at once, dialectically. Both those things sound very nice at the same time. So, like, you know what? Maybe we'll figure it out. Who knows? Maybe we'll figure it out right here in this room. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Or maybe we won't because we'll just be like the epilogue of... State revolution, be like, oh, we were going to do that, but we got busy doing. But we got busy thing. actually doing actual shit. Hopefully, hopefully, God willing. Yeah. It would certainly be cool. That would be a lot cooler. But it wouldn't, you know, uh, it wouldn't be us though. Obviously, it would no. be you know all of you too, listeners. It would be the people, and then we would retroactively take credit for it, like Lennon did. Yeah, that's that sounds. That's right. that. I can't wait. Can't wait mm-hmm. to do that. All right. Anyway, I feel like it's finished and we should go to the bar now. Yeah, man. I'm down. All I'm right. Down. Thanks. Thanks for listening, Thanks for guys. Listening, it's nice to be back. I got to say. It's nice to be I back. I definitely had like a little bit of an existential crisis when I was like, do I even want to be a podcaster anymore? Yeah. What the fuck is going on with me? But I, I like doing this with you guys. But like now, you know, I have this new job and it's mm-hmm. given me the space to think about what I actually want to be doing. And it turns out that I do still want to be doing this. So. Oh, yeah. That's nice. And I like doing it with you guys, so let's keep doing it. Yeah, well, until next time, remember, do the thing. Do Do the thing. Do the thing. Boom. Boom.